Hello and welcome to a very brief one-off episode of Here's What You Could Have Run podcast. I do intend to get back to more regular long-run format, interviewing people about racial. I've got a couple lined up. I've just been really disorganised about sorting them out. But in the meantime, thought with London Marathon coming on Sunday, it's worth a little quick recap of the race for anyone who's doing it, particularly if you're doing it for your first time, either as first ever marathon or potentially even your first ever big event. So hopefully this adds a bit of a kind of checklist, bit of a guide of what you're expecting to do, either at the expo or on race day itself, and can calm you down a bit. We're following in the footsteps of legends. So first thing to know is that unlike many races, there is no bib collection on the day. Can you imagine quite how disastrous that would be if 50,000 people turned up to queue and collect their bibs? So you have to get your bib from the expo. That opened on Wednesday this week and runs till Saturday. Today's Friday and that's open till 8pm. Tomorrow on Saturday is 8.30am to 5.30pm. So either you or a designated collector has to get to that expo to get your bib. There are no exceptions to that. Uh, when you go to collect your bib, you will need your QR code, which has been emailed through to you, and a photographic ID. And if someone else is collecting on your behalf, they need the QR code, a copy of your photographic ID, so it can just be a photocopy. And also a letter from yourself signed explicitly naming that person to pick up your bib. And they will also need their photographic ID to prove that it's them. It is all quite a lot of faff. Uh, it's probably done for reasons as, as much as possible, controlling who gets the bibs and making sure people aren't collecting other people's or selling them on, on the black market as London is pretty cheap as marathons go and people are desperate to do it. If you could easily buy someone's bib for a couple of hundred quid, you probably would, particularly compared to stuff like New York and Chicago, where I think the last time I ran Chicago, it was getting on for 300 quid entry fee on its own. So if you could get a bib off your mate for 100 quid at London, that would be an absolute bargain. The main thing to remember with the expo is, well, one, it's awful, and two, it's at XL in London, which is awful to get to. Even Londoners complain that it's a bit of a hellhole to get down to. It's particularly made good this year and that the train strike on Saturday, so you'll have to look at other ways of getting down there. There is plenty of parking, and it's very reasonably priced at 20 quid. I know a few people have kind of risked it, parked up, legged it in, legged out, and avoided getting a parking ticket, but... Potentially wouldn't recommend that. There is a local supermarket that is just about walkable. So other people park there, leg it over, get the bib and get out. And that is a key point. You are there to get your bib. You are not there to get 5,000 cheesy Instagram photos by gear you've never worn before and spend the day on your feet getting knackered. Which is why if you can get someone else to go for you, it's a much better bet. This year, they've reverted back to the traditional drop bag at the start rather than having drop bags um, at the expo. So that's a, a nice return. So with your bib, you will get a bag to put in all your gear. So you take that down to the start of the day, strip off your clothes, throw it in there, along with anything else you think you need after the race and drop it off on one of the lorries. Your bib will have what uh, baggage lorry you should be going to printed on the bottom of it. 
and then that will magically whisk its way through London. And when you finish a race, it will be there waiting for you, either still in the lorry or neatly piled on the floor in front with volunteers helping you get it. What you will notice with London is it is ridiculously well organised. If you've only ever run London, you don't appreciate it. But when you start running other races and you realise quite how badly things like drop bags, bib collections, etc., can go, you realise London really do know what they're doing. And that's one of the reasons people like it quite so much. Each mile carrying us closer to who we know we can be. By now, you should have done all your training. If you haven't, it's probably a bit late to start. There are a lot of flus and bugs going around at the minute and obviously still the dreaded COVID. So you'll know yourself whether or not it's actually still worse. You turn up to the start line. What I would say is the cutoffs are very generous. So to some extent, you can walk the whole way. So if you've wasted your whole life to get into London and you're desperate for a sub three and found out you struck down with COVID, it may still be worse you going along just to enjoy the atmosphere and accept the fact that it's going to be your slowest marathon ever. The start all in pens. There's a green, blue, red and yellow starts that are spread out. So unlike most races, you don't all start at the same point, but you do meet up further down the course. So these first few miles will be different from people in other pens. I wouldn't stress about that. It is all professionally measured to all still end up the same distance. Your pen is on your bib as well. So based on what you start time, you gave them, you'll get a start pen. I'm in blue three this year. And if you look in the event pack, it'll also give details of what paces are in which pens. So you can sort of double check you're in the appropriate pen for yourself. They won't allow you to move up a pen. So I can move up to blue two, for example, but they will allow you to move back a pen. So if you either think training's not gone too well, or you realize your mate is a pen behind you or two pens behind and you're desperate to run with them, you can drop back to them, but not the other way around. As you enter the pens, they actually check that you've got on your bib what pen you should be in. I know some less scrupulous people in the past have actually modified their pen number and then make sure you enter the pen whilst wearing a poncho, clear bin bag or something to slightly obscure quite how bad a job you've done of modifying the pen number. Again, it's up to you whether you think that's a fair thing to do. What I would say is if you're not going for sort of sub three, do not go in pen one or you will get flattened by hordes of runners. And it won't be a fun experience for anyone. So as we said, it's drop bags at the start this time, but I would still note that even if you've done all your training in the relative heat we've had the last couple of weeks and the blistering heat wave of the months before that, it is cold out on the uh, start pen lines and the queue to drop your bag can get quite long towards the end. So don't assume you're going to be having your, all your gear with you to the very last second. You're probably going to have to drop your rock bag off about half an hour before your pen leaves. So you will have a minimum of half hour stood around getting cold. So I would still look to have either a poncho, bin liner, similar, just to try and keep yourself warm. It's also looking weather-wise like it might rain for a fair bit of Sunday. So a poncho bin bag, again, will keep you dry as well as warm. And a lot of people take a couple of Tesco's carrier bags to try and keep their trainers dry because by and large, most of this sort of staging area is on grass. They tend to be fairly good at having mowed it fairly recently, but 
you will get wet feet if it's been raining or it starts to rain during it. It's also worth noting that unlike some of your other events you might have done, everything takes a long time at the start pens just because of the sheer number of people, however well you organise it. So toilet queues will be long, bag drop queue will be long. If there's any stands giving out freebies like Lucas said, there often are. Again, they tend to have a bit of a queue. So don't turn up 10 minutes before you're due to set off thinking it's like park run. You really need to get there minimum of an hour before, if not two hours and accept the fact that you're going to be hanging around for a bit and queuing up probably a couple of times for the toilets. They tend to have cubicles and urinals for both men and women. I have no idea how female urinals work, but if anyone wants to let us know, that's great. But it does help keep the queues down a bit shorter. The other thing to remember is by now, you should know exactly what you're running in. Nothing new on race day. So if you haven't yet done a run in your gear, there is still time probably to get one run in either Friday or Saturday. Get that kit washed and ready because the last thing you want to do is find out it chafes or rubs. I've got a beautiful pair of duck shorts that I'm wearing with a nice hat. So we went out in that yesterday to give it a final test. And despite being a hideous design and a cheap item off Wish or possibly Geek, I can't remember where I got it from now, it's not actually too bad with a liner, so I think I'll be all right from that point of view. The other thing to remind you to take to the start is any sort of deep heat or similar medication that you need, maybe any K tape for bleeding nipples, which I'm very good at, and something to eat or drink while you wait around. This doesn't mean guzzle three litres of water just before you set off, or you will be spending the whole race having a piss, but accept the fact that that's a critical two hours before your race. You aren't going to be stood outside Burger King or similar. So try and take something that you know will sit well in your stomach, but that you can eat while standing in a field shivering, chatting to your mates. If you are trying to meet people during the sort of start pen area, the mobile phone signal is typically awful. And there's 40, 50,000 runners plus friends, family, organizers, etc. The mobile phone signal just gets swamped. So it's worth either trying to text people or even better, if you can plan ahead, agree a point to meet your mate. Ideally, maybe just outside as you go into sort of Blue Star or similar, agree a time and a place to meet them there. Ultimately, it is your race though. If you've agreed to meet a mate and they haven't turned up and you're starting to get late and you still need to drop your bag, go for a piss and get in your pen, then it's down to you to ditch them, get on with it and worry about your race. So as per previous years, there are different waves that have all got different start times. The London Marathon app, if you've got that on your phone, which is very useful to have, will have that on it. So in my case, it's 9.39, I believe I've got to get there. So you can give people that are watching or waiting for you a rough indication when you're due to start and a rough indication of how long it's going to take you. The app uh, allows you to track a lot of runners so if you can tell people your bib number particularly if you've got a very common name they can make sure they're tracking the right john smith thing to note is in the start pen there will be a lot of nerves people will be getting very antsy jogging on the spot to some extent useful to keep warm but also a bit of a waste of energy considering you've got 26 miles to run so just try and keep yourself calm there will also be the infamous swapping of stories and telling everyone how injured you are and how the weather's terrible and it's going to be the hilliest 
wettest, hottest marathon this year and try and ignore those people full of uh, bad news. You don't need them in your head. So just make an excuse, wander off and try and find somewhere quiet to stand. The last thing you need if you're worried about doing your race is your head being full of negative thoughts. Over 26.2 miles, we will find out who we really are. When your pen does get cooled forward, now's the time to drop any sort of last minute hats, gloves, bin liners, ponchos, etc., off and get ready to run. The thing to be wary of is downhill for the first four or five miles. So it's very easy to get swept up with people. So probably the most important section of the race to think about your pacing is those first few miles. It also is incredibly congested. So if you get in a group that's running slower than you'd like, if you can get around, then do so. But equally, don't spend the next three miles darting around left, right and centre, desperately trying to squeeze past people as you're just going to tire people out. The crowds will thin out later, or the crowds of runners, I should say, will thin out later. And now that's the time that you should be looking to overtake. So if you're desperately trying to run eight minute miles and you're running 805, 810 because you're stuck behind people, if you can't get past and just relax, keep calm, run the pace you can, squeeze through when possible, and then make that up a bit later. Point to note is this year it is water in bottles, which is great. Obviously, plastic recycling, etc., plastic use people are trying to cut down on. But for one day a year, I don't mind burning for a few plastic bottles as they are very good at being collected and recycled. The Lucasade, however, is in cups, which many people struggle to drink out of, including myself. I tend to kind of waterboard it, put most of it up my nose, choke on it, and then try and violently vomit it back out. So, really refreshing way of doing your race. If you can try and squeeze the cup to kind of make a funnel, put your hand over the top, it's a little bit easier to drink. Probably a bit late now to start practicing your cup drinking technique, but just be aware that the Lucasade may be an issue to get down you. And unusually for most marathons or most run events completely, the gels that are on course are Lucasade gels, which to be honest, I didn't know they still even made them. They're possibly some of the, the worst gels that are out there. They're not good. If you've not used them in training, just be cautious. If you literally your race is dying, then try it and risk it. If you're having the race of your life and you've got your own gels on you, I would definitely stick to those. If you've never had Lucasade gels and you can actually find one in a shop, maybe try one now just to sort of experience the fun. If you can't manage to find them in shops, which isn't unusual, as literally, struggle to find them anywhere you can recreate the fun of lucasade gel by popping down your local trampoline park finding a kid that's eating nothing but haribo for three hours and asking nicely to vomit in your mouth after a good bouncing session and that's the kind of taste and consistency and warmth that you'll be expecting from that lucasade gel you see probably the point at which i realize i'm never going to get sponsorship from lucasade or gel companies at all but such is life uh, the event itself, once you get going, as I said, it's three different starts. You'll all start to meet up. It's a congested course. When it's in that a bit as much as possible, look for the blue line on the course because that will give you the shortest route round. But for, for most people, unless you're right near the front, you, you're barely even going to see the ground for the first sort of six, seven miles. So don't stress about that. Just enjoy yourself. Soak up the atmosphere. It may be the one and only time you get to run London as the ballot is obviously always hard to get in. 
Goof raids is difficult and charity spots have quite a high demand, normally about a sort of two and a half grand limit that you have to raise or minimum. So, so yeah, enjoy if you're lucky enough to get a spot. Notable points on the course are the going past the Cutty Sart, that's always famous. There's normally a good few cameras on that one. Tower Bridge itself is very emotional. And actually, Docklands, as much as you expect, it to seem a bit kind of weird and sterile and empty. I think because of the tall buildings, you really get a good atmosphere there, noise of the crowds, etc. So that's good. If you do have people, friends, family trying to meet you en route to support you, be aware that obviously traveling London on Marathon Day is an absolute nightmare. So they may well get stuck in tubes, sometimes even close individual stations if the crowds get too much. So be aware that you may not see them because they may not be where they expect to be in time and equally tell those people that it's not the end of the world. They shouldn't be killing themselves to try and get to mile 17.5, exactly the point at which they promised they would. You will meet them at the end and they will try and see you as much as possible throughout. The best bit, I would say, of course, is the final few miles where you're finally coming up. You can see the Tower of Big Ben up ahead. You know you've got a nice little right turn, long birdcage walk to then hit Buckingham Palace, which obviously this year will be, for many people, sort of tinged a bit with sadness after the death of the Queen. But you pay your respects in whichever way you want there. And then a final sprint to the finish line. After the finish line, you will get your medal and then you'll be given your uh, goodie bag, which will have your finishes topping. And then you can go and join the queue to go and get your baggage back and then try and meet up with friends and family. They have designated meeting areas organised sort of alphabetically where you can try and meet them or often it's better to try and agree somewhere in advance a little bit further out to try and meet people. Again, mobile phone signals can be pretty awful at that point. Scan, try and text people as they tend to get through a lot easier with bad mobile phone reception. And basically go and get a pint because you've earned it. And hopefully you finished it without vomiting LucasAid all the way down your legs. If you see me out on course, as I said, I'm starting in blue three. I've had a very patchy training plan for this or training plan for the whole year to be honest it's gone a bit up and down my charity spot only took four or five weeks ago so i've had a very truncated training managed three sort of weeks of just over 50 miles the rest have been pretty low so i'm kind of looking to roughly get around hopefully somewhere around the four so you know it goes on the day and if anyone's got any spare funds and wants to sponsor me then the easiest thing is to check on twitter on the hashtag at Monty the Mole, and you'll see the fundraising link there because I'm running for family holiday charity. Must get the name correct, mustn't I? So, for that reason, I won't have my usual duck vest on, but I have got a lovely duck hat and duck shorts, so you may well notice me. So, it just remains for me to say best of luck to everyone running. Really enjoy it, even if it's a bit wet out there, just Except the fact the day is what it is, you may have planned for different temperatures, different weather, and hope to be in a different state of fitness, but all of that's outside your control now. All you can do is make sure you get your bib at the expo, you get to the start in time, you drop your drop bag off, you get in the correct pen, and you run the best race you can, and have the London Marathon experience closest to what you wanted. Best of luck and speak to you all soon.